Welcome to a new segment of the Kundalini Awakening series. This is the Kundalini Q&A. This is part one. It's very simple. You send me a question about Kundalini and I will respond. So these questions came in today on Instagram. It's probably the best place to reach me, Instagram or email. And so let's just get right into it here. So we got a question here from Jewish account. Jewish account asks, can you make a video on the why me question? Discuss why Kundalini happens to them and not others. Thanks. Yeah. Really a significant, important question that I think everybody asks at some point. You know, why me? Why does this happen to me and not others? What did I do to deserve this great blessing, great invitation? Or what did I do to deserve this hell on earth? It all depends on, on you know, what type of awakening you might be having. Why me? So if you don't know, Kundalini, as my process kind of developed, I became very creative and I established myself as a photographer. That's my profession. And my favorite photographer, he goes by the name Platon. So he's pretty famous, actually. He's photographed a lot of uh, celebrities, presidents, musicians, actors. Incredible style. I really love it. Um, Incredible man overall. He really connects with people on a human level. And the profile picture, it's like that I have of myself. It's on a white background. It's uh it's like a self-portrait that I took. It's inspired by Platon's style. So you can check out his work and you'll you'll see the resemblance. At least I hope. I try to to uh you know copy his style. But anyway, he says that when he was younger, maybe in his late teens. He was walking and he got jumped, beat up really badly. And he ended up in the hospital and it was a random attack. You know, he's like, I guess he was just walking down the street or something. It was a random attack. And he's, you know, completely broken. And he's in the hospital and he's crying. He's, he's you know, he's, he's crying out and he's saying, why me? You know, why me? You know, why did this happen to ha- have to happen to me? And... There in the hospital, there was, you know, some other person being treated. I think it was an elderly lady. And she says, young man, why not you? Why not you? So Kundalini awakening, that this is happening to you, this process, why not you? What makes you think that you're not worthy of it? Or if the process is very difficult, you know, what makes you think that it's just something coming to to victimize you and harm you and, and you know bring you hell on earth? Why me? So why not you? That's a more flippant answer. You could say, why not you? You know, nobody's excluded from this. We all have the potential to awaken Kundalini just by virtue of being a human being by default, you know. But you know, to answer the question a little bit more deeply, we can consider that, you know, we all come in, that we, when people that are going through this process, we all come into this, this world and we're a little different. We see things a little differently. We know that there's something bigger, there's a bigger calling, a bigger purpose. There's something deeper that we can look at and explore. And that 
often causes us to begin to look for this thing, right? Just some, some form of searching and seeking, not necessarily in an overtly spiritual way, meaning like not necessarily that, you know, we're going to go and do yoga or meditation, but there's some form of seeking happening for something bigger. You know, we feel like we're, we're, we're something missing. And so when that impulse is, is given to us just by grace, we begin to seek. And if we keep seeking, we keep turning inwards Maybe we find the right people, the right teachings, the right books. We, we kind of hang around in those those energetically contagious environments, you could say. Kundalini begins to happen. And for some, you know, I, I don't like to talk too much about past life stuff. I think we all have enough to deal with in this life. But for some, you know, we put in a lot of work in previous lifetimes as well. And maybe those previous lifetimes, we were in a very overtly obvious spiritual setting. Maybe it was, you know, we were a yogi, maybe we were a monk, maybe we were, were um, you know, contemplative, Christian contemplative, or somebody just with great, great spiritual practice and sadhana and, and devotion. It could come from anywhere around the world, any tradition. And for whatever reason, we incarnate into this life into a context in which spirituality may not be so obvious. And then when Kundalini begins to happen, we think, well, I've, I've never been spiritual. I, I've never cared about spirituality. Maybe I was an atheist. I wasn't raised in with any spirituality. Suddenly this is happening to me. And the only thing that I can find to explain it is a spiritual explanation. And so for some, it might be that the reason this is happening to you, despite, you know, your quote-unquote lack of spirituality is because you put in a lot of work in previous lifetimes and that work is now carrying itself over into this lifetime where you've been invited to awaken in this new context maybe it's like me in the west um, you know in the suburbs in the city in a culture that doesn't acknowledge this stuff so we can awaken and go through that challenge and difficulty to kind of discover the 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 way that we can embody awakening and embody your spirituality in this new context and then spread it around within our community or our, our, our circle in a way that is new, evolved, fresh, and can be digested by other people without them thinking that this is solely something to do with, you know, Eastern mysticism or yoga or Buddhism or, or you know, shamanism or whatever it is. Maybe that's our challenge. So, you know, why not you? Like, why aren't you a good candidate to awaken and then share your gifts with others in the world? Why not you? Right. So that's a little bit about the why me question. I know it's a loaded question. We all have it, right? This is so profound and, and far out and mind blowing stuff. And often we have feelings of, you know, feeling unworthy, you know, not uh, like who, who are we to be special? You know, um, often if we come, especially from a judeo-christian western type of spiritual worldview we think god is up in the sky i'm a poor lowly sinner that isn't worthy of actually embodying god relating with god in a real deep and meaningful way who am i why me why is this happening to me whereas more in the east we don't have that clear distinction between god is up in the sky it's more god is everywhere in here of course god is awakened of course god is in you that can be awakened in you of course why not you right so I hope that addresses that question a little bit. Next one we have here comes from Tenzin. Why does Kundalini sometimes cause dissociation? So I am not a psychologist, psychiatrist, doctor, therapist, etc. 
just to put that out there. I'm just a guy talking about stuff on the internet. Um, dissociation. What is dissociation? You know, feeling disconnected, feeling, you know, separate, feeling like you're not a person, feeling like you're stuck in an observer mode. Uh, you know, you may not have any, you may not be able to look, you may look within yourself and you can't find like an identity there. We call this a, a sort of an ego death type experience. Um, you know, your body, you feel disconnected, you feel out of your body. Uh, you may be a, what they would call abiding in a non-dual state. Um, in general, I like to call all these things just being ungrounded. You know, you're ungrounded. And so one way of looking at this is when Kundalini awakens, energy moves around our system and at times it can get pooled in certain areas so when it gets pulled up in the head either because the crown isn't open yet so the energy can't flow out of the crown and kind of you know be balanced it kind of pulls up in the head and from there we get this experience of you know recognizing the self the non-dual self you could say recognizing awareness recognizing divinity but it's very much out of our body. It's in the ethers, right? It's like it's up out there somewhere. And we recognize that we're not this body. We're not this mind. And with that recognition, there can be feelings of dissociation. And it's cool and novel when it first happens to you. If it happens in a sort of spiritual context, you know, maybe you're meditating and suddenly you find that and you recognize, oh, this is interesting. But for some people, this happens like, you know, they're like driving or something and they're like they start trying to explain to somebody else what's happening to them and that person just gets freaked out everyone gets freaked out and we think okay this person is you know they've lost their minds they're ungrounded right and so our job is to acknowledge these general models of where the energy is what happens when we've got too much energy up in the head and work to balance our body out by bringing attention to the body, by acknowledging that Kundalini awakening is not just a mind thing, it's not just a head-based thing, it's not just a psychology thing, it's not just crown chakra, it's the entire body head to toe. And often, if we experience dissociation or depersonalization, DPDR, it's also called Zen sickness, empty sick, emptiness sickness, these, these things can come on if we're either meditating too intensely and stuck in a certain paradigm that's like non-dual paradigm, Nothing exists. All there is is awareness. This body is just a vessel, blah, blah, blah. Maybe we take psychedelics or drugs. Uh, maybe we are fasting. So our body, not, no food in our stomach, no reason to really bring attention there. Energy can just start rising because it doesn't need to be in your body to digest the food or your, your body's not weighed down. Um, some people are just more, you know, in Ayurveda, they have like different... Uh, I think they're called constitution. So some people are just more like, I think it's vata. So they're more like air-based by disposition, their personality. And when you combine those people with maybe they're not eating properly, they're doing drugs or meditating, they're kind of stuck in these weird like uh, uh, sort of spiritual ideas of like we're living in a matrix, living in a simulation, suddenly they become dissociated. And it, it's very difficult a lot can be learned in those states. If you're able to acknowledge that it is a part on the path with great teachings and insight, you can recognize that, yes, there is a part of me that is not limited to this body, not limited to this mind, but that part of me, that awareness, that non-duality aspect is also 
all-encompassing of this body. And I'm here in a body. I didn't come here to recognize that I'm not this body. No, I came here to recognize that there's more to me than this body. And then I can embody that more to me part of me in the body, right? I know I'm speaking in all over like riddles and, and paradoxes and stuff here. But this is the way that this journey unfolds. And I've got a lot of information about being grounded online. Um, so there's a free ebook I wrote because it's the number one most common issue that people approach me with. I faced difficulty with it myself in very intense ways. Um, and so I wrote this it's free ebook. It's on my website. It's called a no nonsense grounding guide. Uh, I've also got a couple uh, videos talking about different things of how you can work to ground yourself. But I don't want to also demonize dissociation for a second here. I know for many it can be very traumatizing. It can like be a pivotal moment in their life when things fall apart. But mystics have known about this for a long time and they've used this to make spiritual progress. And if you ask me, the ability to dissociate and kind of leave your body and kind of check out, it's a survival mechanism. It's, it's an evolutionary response that we kind of developed when things get too intense. And if you look at you know, Rage Against the Machine, they have they have the uh, that album cover in which that monk is sitting. He's lit, he's lit, lit himself on fire and he's in meditation and he lit himself in fire on fire in uh, in an act of protest. And that was suicide, self-immolation. He completely died. Some people might look at that picture and think, oh, this guy is like really disciplined and tough. He's sitting in meditation and he's like just fight. He's like, oh, it's it's he's fighting it like oh it's really hot but i'm just gonna sit i'm gonna sit no he's like he's completely out of his body he's completely dissociated he's in a state of samadhi a state of deep meditation it's not that he's a tough guy he's not in his body anymore that's why he's able to sit with perfect stillness and even when he died he, he fell over and he was still in lotus position and and many many monks uh yogis mystics have been able to access these states so it's not like it should be completely demonized but it should be understood because you don't want to be in that state when you're trying to have a relationship with somebody you don't want to be out of your body and you know your partner's trying to relate with you as a human being or somebody comes to you and they're trying to share something emotional and you're just completely out of your body cold disconnected you're just looking at them like look at this fleshy body their mouth is moving and sounds are coming out like that's how you kind of look at things when you're in a dissociative state but kundalini awakens and it can bring us those experiences to show us and teach us and, and, you know, expand our consciousness, but it's our work to ground and bring, bring ourselves back into the body. Okay. I, I read one talk or not one talk. Uh, I read a, a passage at some point. I, I can't remember who had written it and who, who, which mystic they were talking about, but there was some mystic that was Being persecuted for some reason, I guess he was he was on his way to be executed, kind of like the way they kind of, you know, what they did with Jesus. You know, he was, he was talking spiritual stuff, blasphemy, they thought it was, and they decided, okay, we're going to execute this guy. And so he's walking down the street with the police or something, and there was somebody who acknowledged this person, you know, they were a mystic, they're, they're self-realized, they're talking the truth, you know, they're, they're very evolved, whatever. And so... That person was watching from their, I guess, their apartment or whatever, as as this mystic was being, you know, taken to their death. And that person decided, oh, you know, what I'll do is I'll throw a rose. So they threw a rose out onto the street as like a, you know, an offering, a recognition, a gift, you know, a blessing type of thing. 
and the rose hit the mystic and I can't remember the full story but l later on I guess the person the mystic is about to be killed the person who threw the rose like I guess their follower met with them before they died and they said you know that was me who threw the rose and the mystic said you know why did you do that you know I was completely out of my body completely dissociated and you brought me back you brought me back and now I have to experience this this uh you know this execution um you know fully in the body and so we see that there is purpose to this you know people experience this all the time when they go through trauma they just check out it's it's not unheard of to to experience dissociation it can happen through kundalini awakening um somebody in the chat on instagram is asking how can you get into your body and so we have to acknowledge crown chakra heart chakra root chakra i think you only need to really understand those three for too much in the root too much survival base, fight or flight, where, where we have no spiritual awareness. But we want to be in the heart, spiritual awareness and worldly awareness. So we get in the body by acknowledging the body and, and exploring sensory experiences. Feet on the floor, feeling the sensations of the feet. Um, lately, I've been thinking of it like, you know, we talk about uh, the crown chakra, thousand petal lotus, crown chakras blasted open, blah, blah, blah. But what about the feet? The feet, are, feet also have chakras in them feet are as spiritual as the top of your head um and so bringing awareness into the body getting off you know meditating trying to escape your body and trying to come back into your body maybe it's movement meditations walking meditations working with our hands i always like to think of uh of jesus he was a carpenter working with his hands he wasn't just out talking about the holy spirit he was also a carpenter right he was grounded in the body you know that was a business as well so he was making money right it's like a worldly thing, mula. He was making mula, muladhara, right? And so he's in the world. There's some depictions as well of the Buddha. He's meditating, but you can see he's got his hand down like this, like uh, like that. He's touching the ground to stay grounded in the world. We came here into bodies to be in bodies, to awaken and then integrate our awakening into the body. And so that's why Kundalini can sometimes cause dissociation. There are lessons, there are benefits. You can you know, explore it, but it's important to be mindful that when you are ungrounded, when you're experiencing dissociation, depersonalization, mania, psychosis, etc., got to become aware. I'm not in my body right now. I need to get back in the body. Now is not the time for me to go out and start running around in the street talking about how I'm enlightened. I got to get back in the body. That's number one, number one thing. Becoming aware when we're ungrounded and doing everything we can to get back in the body. Great question, Tenzin. Thank you. Om Glasgow asks, are skin issues common? Spots across chest or rash? Never had this before, so unsure if related. Yeah, once again, not a doctor, not a dermatologist, just a guy on the internet. Uh, but all issues are common on Kundalini Awakening journey, all issues. I know it's a general statement. It's like, you know, it's, but I'll expand a little bit, but all, all issues, you know, we experience all sorts of things, physical, psychological, emotional, spiritual. You even go, go so far as to say relational, financial, all your whole life gets turned upside down uh, for some people, some people. And it can happen in all, all dimensions because every dimension is a spiritual dimension. Um, and so even your health will be challenged. And sometimes people experience mystery illnesses that they're you know, they, they just can't find a solution for, and it just forces you into a period of surrender. 
maybe it's Lyme disease. Many people, you know, I don't think there's a cure for Lyme disease. Uh, many people on a spiritual path seem to seem to get Lyme disease, and it just forces you into deep state of rest, deep state of surrender, deep state of not knowing, etc. Skin issues as well. Things will come up as you know we're we're clearing things. You know, we can experience some inflammation. We can experience like uh, maybe um, autoimmune issues. Uh, that happened to me. I developed um, psoriasis. I don't know if you can see, but you can see I got a little bit of uh, psoriasis uh, on my arm here. Um, and that that broke me just trying to understand what was happening and it brought me to a deep state of surrender and just trusting just trusting that this is you know some of this is out of our control now with that said it's very important here to not overly spiritualize our human issues so what this means is that if you have a headache you don't say oh i have a headache it's kundalini meanwhile you didn't drink water meanwhile you haven't slept well you're not eating well etc you begin with the most basic, mundane, human solutions or reasons for why you're feeling a certain way. You address those points, and then you can move on and say, okay, it's maybe something to do with Kundalini, maybe something to do with my spiritual awakening. So by all means, if you're experiencing skin issues, visit the doctor. See what happens. Maybe they'll give you a cream. Maybe the cream will help you, and it'll be over with. And Maybe it was a Kundalini thing, but the cream also helped you. Cream is also God. Pharmaceuticals also God. All of this is sanctioned by the divine, okay? All of it, everything. There's nothing that's not spiritual. This is very important to understand, and this is basically where this process leads us. We recognize everything is spiritual. So even the most materialistic, mundane dermatologist who gives you the most basic prescription and just sees you as another client, another patient, even that person is God. And so part of what these things, you know, they arise for us in so many different ways you know, um, to, to maybe we're just stubborn people. Maybe we never go to the doctor. And now Kundalini is saying, okay, you got to stop being stubborn. Go to the doctor. It's a very, very mysterious and interesting path. And it's not compartmentalized. Everything is included. Like I said, skin, digestion, relationships, finance, purpose, career, everything. It's all part of your process in some way or another. And many things that arise, you probably won't get to the bottom of it. You probably won't be able to identify, oh, this skin issue has to do with something that I was working on, you know, some emotional issue and it was this specific emotional issue. Some of it we just we just uh we just move on and and keep going. So I hope that, you know, you you sort out uh the, the skin issues. I can totally relate and empathize. I've had the same kind of issues myself and it's it's all part of the journey. All part of the journey. Thanks for the question. So Dancing on the Light asks, why am I not having intense psychic phenomena in my awakening like others are? Well, I get the sense that you're asking because you think psychic psychic phenomena is like incredible and amazing, but for, for many people, they experience psychic phenomena and is the most horrifying thing. Like they, they can't make sense of it. They see things that are you know, uncomfortable, um, it's it's it can be considered a gift and a curse because you know you may be experiencing these things and nobody around you is able to validate you people think you're insane etc so for some it's it's good that we don't experience psychic phenomena um but you know we can talk a little bit about it everybody's awakening is different the awakenings lead to a certain general place you know we 
we enter a state of heart-centered consciousness. We're embodying love, embodying peace, bliss. We feel connected, etc. But around those general themes, there's very many. There's a lot of nuances, and one of them is you know psychic phenomena. So some people are gifted with psychic abilities. You know, they're they're very much you know attuned. They're very sensitive and clear audience, uh, clairvoyance. Maybe able to see auras and things like that, and that serves their mission. So maybe they're meant to. I mean, in the most obvious way, you know, maybe they're meant to be a energy healer. And then maybe we have to look at a person's aura and see, okay, this is where the blockages are. This is where they're, you know, there's some some holes in their aura, whatever, and they're able to serve from that place. Um, you know, maybe they're able to, you know, be like a, a pet psychic or something, you know, we communicate with animals or something. For sure. But just because you know, there's people experiencing those things it doesn't mean that we're going to also experience those things because we have our own callings and missions. And some of us, it's meant to be fully grounded in the world and relate with other people as human beings without psychic gifts and abilities. Maybe we're just meant to be the most grounded friend, partner, um, co-worker, etc. And our gift is that we've brought an awakened consciousness deep into our lower chakras as well. So we're able to be great leaders, right? Maybe those are our gifts. Maybe we're able to um, um, dispel people's fear of, you know, survival issues because you're just fully trusting and faithful. You can maybe can't see people's auras and stuff, but your lower chakras are, are that's where your gifts lie. Um, for some people, psychic phenomena comes to show a little bit about reality. So maybe you have third eye awakening or something you start seeing people's auras and you realize okay the aura thing is real maybe you start seeing people's chakras you say okay the chakra thing is a real thing everybody's energy and vibration everybody is light vibrating at, at a certain frequency and so the spiritual concepts now become something that you experience directly through your lived experience right direct experience and so you see that you're not believing it anymore you know it now you know everything is energy everything is vibration everything is you know at a certain frequency and then maybe the psychic phenomena goes because it served its purpose, which was to show you that everything is light. Everything is energy. Maybe that's why. Maybe you haven't yet come to those points on your path. Maybe you never will. Everybody has a different di different disposition. Some people, they're more centered in the heart and their gift is to just be of great service, great servitude, just to be a great, empathetic, unconditionally loving, compassionate friend, partner, coworker, um, Maybe their, their role is meant to just be with those that are sick. You know, when you're with somebody, say they're in, uh, you know, palliative care, they're, they're dying. You know, what do you need psychic abilities then for? You need to be fully present with them in the heart. So everybody has different gifts, different missions, different callings. That's why some people experience psychic phenomena. Some people don't. There's some more nuances to this point as well. It depends on, you know, maybe you're doing things that are cutting off your psychic abilities. Maybe you're partaking in... Uh, you know, drugs and alcohol that are shutting these things down. Maybe you're, um, maybe you did have these abilities as a kid and you kind of forgot and somebody told you that it's not normal and you shut it away and shut it down. And maybe you've got to go in and look deep and, you know, reconsider. Maybe you did have some, uh, some parts of you that were shut down out of fear. So these are different perspectives to have, but overall, we don't want to compare our journeys too much with other people. Everyone's got their own journey, own disposition, own mission. Great question. Thank you. Beauty K, last question for this session. How do you know if you're experiencing a Kundalini awakening? Well, 
the most classic example would be you experience energy rising from the root up to the top of your head or from the crown down and down your spine into the rest of your body now that is a more classic example it is the sort of hallmark example and it's the one that people talk about it's the most exciting it's the most cool it looks cool in you know art and things um it happens in a flash so it's easy to describe it's a moment that changes your life etc but for many many people and i really mean this many many people don't experience kundalini rising from the base of the spine in a, in a single moment they don't experience like a an inpouring of energy the descent of grace they don't experience this it's a very slow gradual process that happens over a long period of time without any key events so how can you know whether you're experiencing it or not well there's there's many different signs sometimes people call these symptoms i don't like the word symptom because it you know we look at the, then we look at kundalini as if it's a sickness it's not but it's a you know it's a keyword online that people search for so that's what we have to use so so there's many signs though and and they don't have to be like like we were just talking about they don't have to be like psychic phenomena they can just be a a deep longing for for god just a longing for god that's like visceral in your body in your heart it's emotional maybe you're experiencing also some subtle kind of zaps and energetic um um what we would call kriyas some sort of subtle movements are happening spontaneously in meditation maybe you're called to meditate like the same way that you get hungry to eat you get tired to sleep you're like i need to meditate maybe you're called to meditate in this way um there's many many signs that we can look for um they have to do with all the senses you know maybe you maybe you are experiencing a psychic phenomenon you start to see kind of lights um around people or things start shimmering um maybe you have some significant dreams in which you're visited by beings like mystical beings ascended masters very powerful spiritual beings spiritual themes begin to emerge i think one of the most clear ways at least the way that i see it and i haven't heard many people talk about this i think it's just you become interested in this like genuinely interested not interested to disprove it like oh look at these people like you know they're all crazy but like you're genuinely just drawn to this material um and and it's it just you might not even know what people are talking about but you're just listening and it's just like something in you is resonating so maybe that's that's part of it i have an episode on my uh channel where i talk about you know the signs and symptoms of kundalini awakening you can you can check that out you can also do a quick google it's it's pretty common a whole list of different things um but overall i always like to tell people you know whether you're having a kundalini awakening or not whether your kundalini is active or fully awakened or you're not sure the practices are generally the same right we turn inwards we meditate we practice devotion towards something greater than ourselves call it god call it nature call it the universe whatever it is right we allow ourselves to feel and experience and think whatever may arise within our system with unconditional love no judgment no resistance the practices are all the same it doesn't matter where you are on the journey the practices are all the same they never go out of style they're all very very applicable so i hope that answers a little bit about your question how do you know if you're experiencing kundalini awakening thank you all so much for these questions so far i will definitely get to the rest very soon and if you have a question yourself you can reach me on uh instagram at brent spirit or by email info at brentspirit.com if you would like to meet with me one-on-one -on -one, please reach out you can find all uh, you can find out about that at brentspirit.com thanks so much and until next time much love and peace